Good day, good night, and welcome to Off the Woodworks. I'm Kevin Lagame, and today on the show we have Chris D'Aragon from GodCountrySoccer.com and correspondent for the Around the League Soccer Podcast for the Colorado Rapids. He's with us today to talk about the Colorado Rapids, the next opponent of the Montreal Impact, Saturday night at the Saputo. It's a very interesting conversation we had together talking about the rookies of the Colorado Rapids, which are Deshaun Brown, Dylan Powers, and we have talking about the Clint Irwin story, story, exactly. And yeah, we'll talk about the U.S. Open Cup, and I'll talk about the preview of the Montreal and the Colorado Rapids. And we have the return of the Bet of the Week this week as well, a couple predictions for the game this weekend, and all of that with me and Chris Yaragak. So... The U.S. Open Cup on Wednesday night, it was the semifinal, the quarterfinals, and now the semifinals are set. So it's going to be in the beginning of August. The two, it's almost in the east portion and the west portion of the U.S. Open Cup, by the way, that the draw happened. So it's Portland versus Real Salt Lake in one of the semifinals. And the other one, it's D.C. versus Chicago. So yes, so in my opinion, it's going to be the two West, the two Western Conference team. We're going to battle for a chance to go to final, but the actual trophy is going to be won in that semifinal because there's no chance in my mind DC. If DC pulls off to upset against Chicago, there's no chance they can beat either Portland or RSL. And even though Chicago are on the way up with Mr. Mike. On fire, McGee scoring for every single game ever since he's been traded to Chicago. So we'll see if they can get better because they're not having the best season, actually. They're not having that great of a season. They're on the way up. They're improving. But will they be improved enough to face one of those two teams in the final? It's going to be hard. So anyways, look for that at the beginning of August, August 7th or 8th. I'm not sure or 6th around that date. You have the semifinal of the U.S. Open Cup. And and as well, Wednesday, and for the rest of the week, it's the FIFA Under-20 World Cup, which is getting close to the end of the group stage. Two of the groups are already done in the group stage, Group A and B, which Group A saw the United States get eliminated. Uh, only one point in three games. Very disappointing showing for the FIFA Under-20. A couple MLS team. Like the Colorado Rapids will be happy though because a couple of good players are coming back to North America to play for their actual first team. But yeah, a little bit of a disappointed about the U.S. team for that. Well, a little bit. When we compare each other, I console myself because Canada's not even there. But anyways, <coughs> sorry about that. Anyways, I think it's USA is not the next generation. was a little bit overhyped, I think. I think for the U.S. it's now and it's not... In the future, the U.S. gonna try to do their best right now with this. The team just got selected for the World Cup last week. The Canada team got selected as well. I'm not gonna talk about all the players that were selected for every single team. It's gonna be very boring. Just uh, noteworthy absences for absences, noteworthy unselected players, you could say. For Canada, it would be Mr. Patrice Bernier, which I totally understand. Uh, if I was him, I would not even want to play for Canada anymore. Anyways, he's playing a lot better and positive results and positive everything with Montreal. So that's what it 
It's more important. Dero's not there as well. Dero actually declined the invitation. And who else from Canada? Samuel Piet's going to be there, but even Lucas Cavallini has not been selected. He's been playing down in Uruguay, if I'm not mistaken, down in the Conmebol area, down in South America. And he's actually scoring down there, and I would really think he would have been part of the team, but no. I'm still wondering what Mr. Colin Miller, the interim coach of the Canada men's national team and the actual coach of the FC Edmonton, wondering what's going on for the Gold Cup. Anyways, I'm not going to be following that. I will try to follow that tournament, but it's kind of lost its lackluster. I don't know. For me, this summer, the Confederations Cup more interesting than the Gold Cup for some reason. And the Confederation Cup, by the way, the final is set. It's Spain versus Brazil. Spain won in penalties against Italy, 7-6. And uh, Brazil defeated uh, Uruguay 2-1. So, yeah, so it's going to be a great final in the weekend as well. Look for that. It's going to be great. And it's going to be maybe Spain and Italy again. Is it going to be like the Euro last year? I don't know. Will Italy get trashed again? I don't know. Because Spain actually wasn't... Not Italy. What? What's Spain? Why was I talking about Italy? Anyways, Spain and Brazil. I, I get confused. Brazil with the blue... I don't know. It's too much blue now. Blue shirts, blue everything. <laughs> so yeah, so Spain and Brazil. It's going to be a... Is it gonna Neymar gonna do his show again? Will he every single game so far he has either a goal or an assist? So look for Neymar to do the same, but will Spain be able to play against a more offensive, even more team that puts more pressure in Brazil? Not necessarily offensively, but the team in itself puts more pressure than in the past years of Brazil, especially with the return of Scolari. Uh, Luis Felipe Scolari as the coach. As the captain, not the captain, as the commander of that team, with his return, you would, you would think Brazil would play a little bit more defensively, but I still believe they put a lot of pressure. And how would Spain react to that? So that would be interesting to see that in the finals, in the weekend. Look for that game on Sportsnet or on TV Spa. If you want to look on TV Spa, Frédéric Laure and Olivier Brett are doing a great job, so... Watch it on TV Spa. I encourage our local team of broadcasters to show more soccer by encouraging him. Ask for more soccer on your all the social medias. Ask for more soccer for TV Spa, for RDS. The more soccer there is on TV, the more the actual sport can grow and continue to grow constantly in our province and in our country and in our neck of the woods and in our old continent and in the world. Yes. I said it. <laughs> Anyways, we'll take a small break. When we come back, we will talk to Chris D'Aragon, correspondent for the Around the League Soccer Podcast. We'll talk about the Colorado Rapids. Or is it the Rockies? Or is it the Rapids? I wish it would be called the Rockies. But no, we have to go with the Rapids. Welcome back to Off the Woodworks. Very happy to receive Mr. Craig de Aragon, 
from GodCountrySoccer.com and correspondent for the Colorado Rapids with the Around the League Soccer Podcast. Hello, Craig. Hey, how you doing? I'm very good and yourself. Good. It's a very rainy day in Montreal, so it will be in the weekend as well. Well, it's good to, uh, it's good to talk to our friends up north, and uh, hopefully that weather will move away from the stadium and we'll have a nice day for soccer. <laughs> the best way to introduce the Rapids to my fan would be to talk about the goalkeeper, Mr. Clint Irwin, an underdog story, the third keeper in the starting of the season. Last year was actually playing for the Canadian Soccer League team in CSL. What can you tell me about that goalkeeper? Well, Clint Irwin, uh, he was thrust into duty by a whim because of injuries and just kind of happened by happenstance to, to become a starter and really took the took the opportunity and ran with it right at the beginning when he the first couple of starts he was stellar stood on his head a few times and uh you know made some outstanding saves highlight saves saved a couple of penalty kicks also so he's really endeared himself with for the flair of of the position with the fans and um although now he's kind of struggled the past few weeks um I, I do partly due to the the defensive woes of the team um and now we kind of have somewhat of a goalkeeper controversy because Matt Pickens our number one keeper is finally healthy he said he's healthy and ready to go for Saturday so we're not really sure what the lineup is going to look like if if they stick with Irwin even though they've been struggling in the back a little bit or do they bring back our number one guy Matt Pickens but uh Clint Irwin's story it's been great it's been a fun ride he's been very interactive on Twitter with fans and he's, he's a good personality on top of it so is it the end of that story do you think do you think Pickens gonna retake his first spot or is he because usually you never lose your starting spot because of injury usually no I, I and I think that that even though Irwin has been a good story, and even though he has performed well, I do think Matt Pickens will will get that spot back, and, and I think it'll be sooner rather than later. Maybe not this weekend, um, but I, th I think probably the week after, I think you'll probably see Matt Pickens back in back in the pipes. Plus, I mean, in, in the M in MLS, you kind of have to look at salaries too, and that that definitely plays a part in it. Matt Pickens is making quite a bit more, and it's hard to it's hard to justify with having that much salary tied into a guy that's not your starter, and uh, I think that might play a role in it also. Yeah, because if we're looking at it from an outside point of view, it's actually a beginning of a changing of the guard for the Colorado Rapids, with uh, Paolo Mastroeni getting traded to LA, and with the emergence of a couple rookies like Christian Brown and Dylan Powers, it might look like maybe they'll try to offload Pickens to get some money to go get maybe with Irwin starting, get a little bit more leeway for the transfer market about to reopen in two weeks. Yeah, they could. And I think one way to do that is to showcase Pickens. I think you got to get him back in there to show people that he's healthy for anybody to take a bite on him. So uh, I think that's another reason why he may see a starting spot back, even if Irwin is their long-term answer. Um, but then again, you've got, you know, his Pickens a history of, with this team he was one of the he was the starting keeper in the mls cup win and uh i mean he's not too far off of of uh, of that time and um but you're right there's a changing of a guard pablo's gone we got some new guys up top at forward connor casey and and omar cummings left uh before the start of the year so 
there is there's a bunch of new faces and it wouldn't surprise me if if next year we see Clint Irwin starting as as the number one keeper. Speaking of rookies, we have Deshaun Brown and Dylan Powers are probably going to battle each other for the rookie of the year this year. Deshaun Brown right now is seventh in shots in the MLS with 50, one off DeVaio in sixth by eighth, and in offsides he's second as well. Offsides for me are important and tells you the, the type of runs he can do. And I'm actually really impressed with Deshaun Brown. Is he is he the real deal? Deshaun is he's fun to watch, but he's also very frustrating. <laughs> oh, okay. When you watch him on a game to game basis, he's just very he's very young and, and is very inconsistent. Um, he's learning how to play the position at, at this level. He shows flashes when he's he flashes in with his speed. Very very speedy. That might cause Montreal some problems just with his speed. The only the issue is he gets in he get he does get in offside positions quite a bit, um, but then the the chances that he does make he takes a lot of shots. But I think he's only put thirteen on frame this year, so he he's getting a lot of shots, but uh, not putting himself. I think his feet are moving a, a, faster than his head at times, and uh, I think I think only with experience and maybe um, you know it it might take a, a little while for a, a rookie like that for his his head to catch up with his feet, especially those speed guys. So he's he's fun to watch, and we've seen flashes of brilliance with him. And even though it has been sort of inconsistent, he has been one of the top performing rookies this year. And you know it, it's fun to see, and uh, along with Dylan Powers, who's been who's been a stalwart in the midfield so far this year. I think, you know, the future is bright for the Rapids. That's what I heard. I heard Dylan Powers had a better, not a better future, but had a, a little bit even more potential than actually Brown had in midfield. Yeah, Dylan Dylan Powers has kind of taken, picked up where Jeff Laurentwitz has left off. He's kind of in that same mold, maybe more of an offensive player than, than uh, Laurentwitz. Laurentwitz might be better defensively than Dylan Powers. But he's younger, he's bigger, he's he's a thick body. He doesn't get pushed off the ball very well, and he's got a rifle of a shot from distance. So uh, we've already seen him put put many balls on frame from outside the box and and with quite a bit of pace. And uh, I think that that may be his biggest asset is his his passing into space, which has has sprung quite a few uh, quite a few chances from our forwards. And then also, he's not afraid to take that shot, and uh, when he's given space, so he, he's fit right in pretty well. And it'll be nice to see when Martin Rivero is finally healthy, and uh, you know, seeing those two combine and what they can do. Yeah. Uh, how do you think the Colorado defense going to be able to handle one of the hottest striker in the league still, Mr. Marco Devise? Well, that's the big question, <laughs> and it's, I don't. It's the I, same question every week. <laughs> I, you know. It, Montreal's got quiet in attack, and right now our, uh, the Rapids' defense is struggling. So, uh, unfortunately, I don't see them handling it very well. I think that um, we've been missing Shane O'Neill, who's out, been on out on duty with the uh, United States Under-20 team in the World Cup, and he's he's grown right before our eyes, and probably is our best center back at this point, um, other than than Drew Moore. So, uh, we're missing some pieces, and. It's kind of a patchwork in that defensive defensive four, and I, I don't see how it met. It's not a good matchup against Montreal, and and I, I don't, I, I can't see them not giving up a couple goals against Montreal. <laughs> but I'm gonna ask you the other way around as well. How is Atiba Aris, Brown, Edson, Buttle, 
and all the firepower for the Colorado are going to fare against the Montreal defense. Uh, you know, that's the defense and the forwards have been our biggest question marks this year, and um, we're not sure from start to start who's going to be in there and, and how they're going to perform. Edson, Edson Buttle was supposed to be that key cog to the machine and hasn't really performed and, and been up to what he's brought in to be. Um, you know, he's been injured and, and hasn't been in the lineup consistently and hasn't performed as well. Uh, Atiba Harris has been the best forward, which it doesn't say much so far. Yeah. <laughs> if, he, if he's your best forward, then you got some issues on the offensive third, and, and that's been that's been the case. So uh, there was an article today saying uh, Pareja is pressuring our forwards to uh, to perform and score more, or else he's going to have to bring in somebody else. So there's definitely some heat put on these guys this weekend, and uh, they're going to have to perform, and I'm not sure who it's going to be or, or – or which guy's going to step up, but uh, you know, it, it, hopefully, hopefully they put some in because they're going to need to with Montreal's attack. <laughs> and uh, for the benefit of all my listeners, what kind of formation does Colorado usually use? Uh, they try and use a four-three-three, so they'll play four in the back, three, depending on who's healthy and who's not. They they try and strive for that four-three-three with uh, Martin Rivero being more of a offensive midfielder and okay. and powers pushing up sometimes and then um you've got uh, depending on who is in there you can have either la broca or somebody else more of a defensive midfielder in that in that area too so they try and be more offensive but um it hasn't really they ha- haven't really had a full squad to be able to see what this team can do and and uh so we're not sure from week to week what what we're going to see and who we're going to see out there but that's what they strive for and do you have any prediction for the game tomorrow my prediction for the game is lots and lots of goals <laughs> i don't think there's going to be much defense either way hopefully the rapids can uh can score some goals because i think it's going to be a shootout and i think they're going to need to so uh, I'll, I'll say the Rapids offense finally clicks, and uh, and we'll see a, a shootout of a game, something like four to three, and and Rapids take three points out in Montreal. <laughs> well, hopefully not, but <laughs> we'll see tomorrow night. <laughs> I want to thank you very much, uh, Mr. Craig D'Aragon from God Country Soccer and correspondence from Around the League Soccer Podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Don't act surprised. I got soul like Jackson 5. Class, get it in with the classic vibe. I'm a full course meal, ain't no appetizer. Word, everybody gotta forget the everyday stress for a minute. We about to celebrate like we in the ninth inning. Two outs about to win the pennant. I'm waiting on my payday, like I'm living in my heyday. 19 at the club like JJ's. Drink it up like Mayday, Mayday. If I keep going this way, I need a. Once again, if you want to read Chris's article, go on GodCountrySoccer.com. Thank you very much, Chris. So, in the weekend, like we're saying, Montreal versus Colorado, like Chris was saying, he's expecting a very offensive game with a lot of goals, and I am expecting the exact same thing. I believe Marco De Valle is going to continue his streak at home of scoring goals, so let's check 11 goals after tomorrow night in the league for him, so he will actually be first, hopefully. With 11 goals, that would be one in every single home game this year. And that would make it up to 13 this year because he actually scored two in the Canadian Championship, if you remember. 
So I believe that's going to happen on Saturday. So Montreal is going to probably take the lead with a Devaya goal. And Paponi is going to show his true worth. The actual true impact he has. Oh, it, did you like that pun there? No pun intended. He's going to show his impact he has on that team by playing through the best of his abilities of instincts and use his actual instincts. He has... He's like Olivier Tremblay was saying and like... Raphael Larouxet was saying when we talked to him, like everybody who had talked to him between the difference between Andrew Wenger and the difference between Paponi, or basically Paponi has the instincts of a striker. And we will see that again Saturday night in a wet and chilly night at the Saputo. By the way, speaking of chilly, it's a chilly day today. It'll be a chilly night tomorrow night. You need a good scarf to actually keep you warm. Speaking about scarves, guess who has scarves to sell? Go jetbynights.ca slash en slash scarf and you will be able, scarves, plural, and you'll be able to buy a jetbynights scarves and a peace pandemic one, which all the proceeds go to help pay for Operation Quetzal. If you don't know what Operation Quetzal is, it's an initiative by the jetbynights, Jebrovsky and peace pandemic to go to Guatemala City and invite up to 600 orphans to watch the CONCACAF Champions League game of the Montreal Impact in Guatemala City. For all the details and all the info, go to jebanights.ca. The big fundraising night is July 27th at the Saputo against a game against the Sporting Kansas City, which for a small $80 you get a ticket to one of the mezzanine, one of the luxurious, lux, luxurious, uh, suites, the boxes, or call it whatever you like. So in a mezzanine, you're able to watch the beautiful Montreal game against Kansas City. You actually help a cause by donating a bit, paying a little bit more for your ticket, but you're helping put a smile on Orphan's face from Guatemala. And there's a big history with Jabrowski, his family, Peace Pandemic, and Guatemala, because last year they actually, in the offseason, made a trip and give soccer equipment and help do soccer clinics and just clinics and whatever and just help people and just put a smile and entertain people that's what peace pandemic did and it's a great cause so i urge you please and i beg you please buy your ticket go to jabbynights.ca be there july 27th at the special night for the jabby nights and for operation quetzal like I said, all the details are jebbynights.ca or on Twitter at jebbynights or you can always contact uh, Martebinet at kazibono99 on Twitter or Ketal as well. So, continue guys. We support you and hopefully we'll be able to reach the goal of the $2,500 to bring all the smile to all those orphans' faces. And yes, I learned it. I don't say orphans anymore. I do say orphans. <laughs> so, like we were talking about the Colorado Rapids in the Montreal game on Saturday, it's going to be a very interesting in the in the middle. For me, the battle of that game is going to be in the middle because that's where Colorado are the strongest. They're actually like Chris was saying, they're lacking in the defensive line, in the defense right now and a little bit of an offense, but the middle is very decent. And Montreal's middle is their strong point. Yes, they're very strong with the Pony and the Vio plays on top. The backline is strong with Nesta and Ferrari still unbeaten as a duo in MLS. 
But our midfield, even with the injury, the death of our midfield is our, one of our strong points. So look for actually this Saturday for the Montreal Patrice Bernier. The biggest, biggest duel that's going to be in that game is going to be Bernier versus either Buttle, Atiba Harris, uh, Dylan Powers. I can't wait to see the rookie Dylan Powers go head-to-head or cleat-to-cleat with Patrice Bernier on Saturday. It's going to be a hell of a duel, a hell of a confrontation. So this is one of the things to watch for me tomorrow night at the Saputo. By the way, get your ticket and dress warmly because it's going to be pretty chilly. So it is after a week off the return of the bet of the week. Last week, we were not a winner. We lost. So the bankroll is now down to $65. No worries, people. We will take five of those dollars to bet on three games that are going on on Saturday. The first one, it is the Montreal versus Colorado game. Put Montreal in your parlay. All the explanations were told you by me and Chris. So, second game, Sporting Kansas City versus Columbus. In Kansas City, I believe Sporting Kansas City is going to use Graham Zussi for one of the last time before all those players go play for the Gold Cup. Because Zussi has been named to the Gold Cup roster. So, look for Kansas City to actually put on a clinic against Columbus because they need those three points before they lose a lot of players for that tournament. And the third, the third, the third, and the third game in our bet of the week is the Toronto FC versus Real Salt Lake. Guess who I'm picking? Yes, it's at the BMO field, but Real Salt Lake are in the same boat as Kansas City right now. They need to accumulate the most amount of points because they're actually losing four players to the Gold Cup. So yes, RSL with Mr. Kyle Beckerman. Beckerman Marley, I think is his other last name is. Anyways, with him, they have a very good shot of beating TFC. So look for Real Salt Lake, Montreal, and Kansas City. All together for $5. Gives you around $32, depending on where you actually place your bet usually. So $32, it's a pretty decent haul for 5 bucks. So hopefully the stars will align for that. A couple of other games that are interesting this weekend. One that is one to watch to look for, uh, Jack McInerney. If you're a fantasy owner, you probably have McInerney in your team. Well, he plays this Saturday against FC Dallas. Dallas are a little bit of on a cold streak as we speak. And Philly are in the same boat as Kansas City and RSL. They're going to lose McInerney for almost a month because he is going to the, the Gold Cup. So he needs to put out to score because he actually had a bad game last week. He needs to put on a show, score a couple goals, and get his confidence back before he goes out to play for the Gold Cup. So look for Philly at the PPL Park to beat FC Dallas. That's on NBC Sports Network and on MLS Live as well if you're in Canada. San Jose Galaxy, the Cali Classico. Live from Stanford University with a crowd of an expected crowd of 50,000 plus people in San Jose or San Jose-ish against the LA Galaxy. Galaxy are going to lose Donovan for the Gold Cup, I think. 
And Sano is going to lose Wondolowski for the Gold Cup, but Wondolowski says he's going to pull through his injury and actually play against the Galaxy. So that's going to be a very interesting game. It's on MLS Live if you get a chance to watch that game. It's a one game of the year where the Earthquake have a very huge attendance and you can see, you actually see the impact of that crowd to the players. The Earthquakes on a little bit of a bad run. Hopefully, that will bring boost back their confidence. And if they have a good showing against Cal the Galaxy in the Cali Classico, you never know what can happen. And there's only one game, the game of the week, on Sunday. It's New York versus Houston. One of the two top teams in the East are facing each other. New York are on a bad run. They're always out and cold since the beginning of the season, accumulate a lot of points with, without a good amount of showing by their stars. Because basically, if you take Cahill and TT out of the team, like uh, somebody said on Extra Time Radio this week, they have nobody left. So look for Houston to probably get a couple points on the road. It's been a while since they've done that. And actually put their stamp in the East Division. That I put a stamp... Not necessarily a stamp, but it's a statement game. If they can actually play and get the three points on the road in New York, it tells the whole division that they are on their way up and the BBVA will become another, eventually another fortress because it lost its swagger. What? Did I just use the S word? No, no. Where's my S word jar or my swear jar? I'll put a dollar in that. I usually never say the S word on After Woodworks. But yes, if they can get the confidence back in Houston, if they can get three points on the road, it will go a long way for that. By the way, take a second and go vote for the Impact Montreal Impact players for the All-Star Game. Six of them are in nomination, and at least three of them, if not four, they deserve to be starters this year. Being first in the East and almost first in the whole table with games in hand, we're a point behind with games in hand. Vote for Bernier. He should start amazing year. He's a rock. He's a solid. He's Patrice. Go vote for Marco De Valle. Greatest pure finisher and striker in the league. And is rejuvenated with the Montreal Impact this year. Go vote for Matteo Ferrari. Matteo Ferrari. Ah, Matteo. I don't need to do an explanation. You need to vote for him. He's uh, our... What's the best way? Our silent... No, he's not silent. What's the best way to describe Matteo Ferrari? He's our... He's our, our sports car in midfield. He's the one where he's flashy. But... He's good. You can rely on him. He a, has a good sense of tactics. He knows how to rearrange everybody. He's not as much as Nesta. But what's the best way to describe Ferrari? I'm at a loss right now. I don't know how to describe Matteo perfectly. But anyways, vote for Matteo. And obviously, vote for Mr. Troy Perkins. One of the best keepers this year so far in the league. He's on top of the league with the amounts of wins. So look for both for all those players and Justin Mapp and Felipe as well. So all those six players, go vote for them because I want to see them in Kansas City against AS Roma. I want to see Devaio score against an Italian team. It would be amazing.
<laughs> so that does it for us for this week on After Woodworks. Don't forget to watch Saturday night, Montreal versus Colorado. And the bet of the week, Montreal, Kansas City, RSL for five bucks gives you $32. If you like After Woodworks, go on iTunes and review my podcast on it's uh, iTunes.ca slash Woodworks, something like that. Just look for it, review, and subscribe. You want to Twitter at After Woodworks on Facebook, go like my page, After Woodworks, with an X again, always an X at the end, because we are cool on After Woodworks. And if you have any comments, questions, or reactions, or complaints, or whatever, you want to say hi to me, you want to talk to me, you want to come watch a game together? You want to invite me to watch your kid's game? I'll be glad to. Off the woodworks with an X at hotmail.com with anything, any questions. You are part of a soccer association that needs to advertise something. You are part of a small team. Your coach, your, and I want to acknowledge a big tournament win, a big improvement in the player. Let me know. I can always do that on the air here and off the woodworks. So off the woodworks at hotmail.com. Thank you very much. You can find our podcast on the iTunes store and on Podbean, on Feedburner, and eventually on Stitcher if I can actually figure out how to get on Stitcher. I'm trying to talk to Stitcher and they never talked. They never came back to me. Anyways, and once again, thanks to Chris D'Aragon for uh, talking to us about the Rapids. So have a great game tomorrow night at the Saputo. Thank you very much. I'm Kevin Lagamean. Have a great soccer. Yeah, whether it's not the father doing writing rhymes, I just gotta survive and goodbye till it's